You are listening to Down Goes Frazier. We talk to you about everything from combat sports, whether it's MMA, boxing, or pro Don't. wrestling. Oh, do it? Oh, you did it. Emphasis on pro wrestling. Emphasis oh. there. I'm your host, Jason Frazier. Alongside me, that voice you hear that's very disgruntled when we put in pro wrestling in that category is Jeremy Johnson. How's your week going, man? You know, it's going well, sir. I am uh, I'm very thrilled by a lot of the information that has come out this week in the world of combat sports. And by that, I do mean the world of mixed martial arts. Um, I'm kind of stoked about some of the things that have happened this week, and I cannot wait to get into those. I, th- I thought you were having a SummerSlam party at your house this week. A, a what? SummerSlam is this week, the Thunderdome. Um, is, is that some kind of like, you know, ultimate tag or something? No, it's, they're doing a, some kind of Thunderdome dome theme. We'll talk about that with our guest and good buddy of the show, Nick Hausman later. And I know you're excited about SummerSlam and pumped up for that too. Well, is CM Punk going to be there? Don't know. There's a group named Retribution. We don't know if he's a part of that group or not. Even though everybody in Retribution looks like they're about five foot five and a hundred (laughs) pounds, but you know, we don't know. Well, I mean, that's, you know, that's a, that's something because I, the only one I really care about anymore is CM Punk because I just don't like him. It's fine. But anyway, what a hater. I got a question for you. I got, you know, you talk, you hate on pro wrestling a lot and we know it's something you have a little bit of like, not, I don't want to say disdain. You you watch, you dabble to. Yeah, I think you know. I, I know it's not your cup of tea, but you you get a little something out of it sometime. What that is, oh. I don't know, but something. So it's, I, I will tell you, Jason. I think that our good friend Rodney Cotton put it best. He told me that he he agrees that it's not combat sports; it's combat theater, and I like that. It's kind of like Shakespeare with body slams. Rodney's coming to my SummerSlam party. I want to talk about that. Uh, we'll discuss these things. But I was just on a phone call. Good buddy, I'm going to give him a shout. Rich Fuse was, he was talking to me about fancy football leagues, which I know you have no part in because you don't like football. So, no, that's not a thing for you. How do you feel about hunting? Well, in all honesty, I I have been a hunter in my life. I have done several trips i have uh, been wild boar hunting i have been deer hunting i have been turkey hunting so yeah i i am a i'm a fan now let's rewind that i want to talk i want to i want to focus on the deer hunting now okay. reason we're having this conversation for down goes for your friends they're like why are you guys talking about you know non-mma non-combat sporting like pro wrestling but it's just it's just on my mind because i just had this conversation now, back in the day at my previous employer, one of my first jobs was to produce the outdoor show for Danny Cox, who's a former Cardinal pitcher. Great guy. Okay. Um, um, but here's a, the fun fact for everybody who ever listened to that show. I know not a damn thing about hunting. Never <laughs> been in my life. Never, you know, no, no interest. And Rich was talking to me and he's explaining you know, fall season and hunting season. And he says something to the equivalent of being in the deer stand with no cell phone reception, 
watching the sunset, watching having a squirrel potentially pee on you. This is what he said. These are all things. It's just a joy of nature and a great time. And I'm still sitting here right now because this conversation was very recent, figuring out where in the hell is a great time in all of this. So <laughs> when you went deer hunting, what was so yes. great? Okay. So let me explain a little bit about myself and hunting. Now, Jason, you and I have been partners now for quite some time. You know that I have been maybe classified as a little bougie on occasion. I mean... Yeah, I, I, and I, I'm, I'm bougie too, so I, I feel you. That's how I think will. We're just bougie it, in different exactly. ways. So we get it. it. <laughs> so, but my hunting experience is I had a blind, I had internet access, I had a heater... And I had basically all of the creature comforts, including a nice chair, you know, some snacks and everything was great. So my idea of hunting is not just sitting in the woods in a tree and nothing going on. You know, okay. I'm still sitting there. I'm, I'm watching things. I'm, I'm on the Internet. I actually used to watch UFC while I was hunting. Um, you just had to have, you know, headphones and things to not scare away the animals. But um I do understand the allure some people have of the complete getaway because the silence is the quietest, weirdest thing you'll ever hear, especially if it's like if you're hunting in the snow. Hunting in the snow is one of the single quietest things you'll ever experience. And so I can definitely see that. But I was more of the guy who like, yeah, if I got to walk more than, you know, a hundred feet to my blind and I didn't have internet access. I wasn't going that day. You know, if it was a little too cold, maybe the heater wasn't working out there. I wasn't going that route. I'm not a, I'm not a hardcore hunter. I mean, matter of fact, I'll give you, I'll give you a funny story on that of hardcore hunting. I was supposed to go elk hunting in Colorado. And I mean, I, Jason, I bought the gun. I bought sites. I bought the permits. The permits are extremely expensive. And then they told me, I said, well, what hotel are we staying at? And they're like, no, we're going to go ahead and we're going to fly in. They're going to drop us off in the middle of nowhere and we're going to set up camp. What? I know. Exactly. <laughs> and oh. I said, oh, wait a minute. So where we're going has no room service. And they looked at me like, Jeremy, there's no restroom. And I canceled the trip. I didn't go. <laughs> Bought all, I mean, spent a ton of money on guns and the whole bit. And I didn't go because if I couldn't get, you know, a shrimp po' boy at one o'clock in the morning when I wanted room service, it wasn't going to happen for me. So and, yeah, no. And and I feel you on that one. I, I see like, this is, this is good. This is Bundy near. I agree with everything you just did. There's nothing I could, there's nothing I said you did was not what I would have done in that situation. And I'm Complete. like, nah, this, this, I wouldn't have even, no, the thing I wouldn't have done I, was, I wouldn't have signed up in the first place. That's where, like, me and you would have differed. I wouldn't have been like, you know, I'm going to try this. It would have been a no. Like, here's a million-dollar question for everybody that, that knows you well. Now, you talked about hunting in the snow. I'm assuming you've done that, been there. Oh, yeah. So, when you did this, what type of hair products did you use? Because I can imagine that's good for your hair. <laughs> I am not going to lie. I was using the Bucks Burley hair care products that have sponsored me forever. And I had no issues. I still was able to uh, fill my tags, as they say. You know, there was no, oh, you got to smell like a certain thing. I'm like, nope, I smell good. And my hair looked great. 
didn't do anything with it. The, the Bucks Burley kept it good. So if you want to try it, go check it out. BucksBurley.com. That's a free one for them there. But uh, yeah, no, you still got to have good looking hair in the woods, plain and simple. Okay. See, I know people will probably send that, you know, send and listen to this show like, okay, I know this is Jeremy talking. Like, what did he do with his hair when he was out here hunting in the snow? So uh, we, we cleared that up for everybody. So now that we've gotten like that, we both are not hunters. So don't, we're probably not selling any hunting advertisement in the show anytime in the near future. Um, now we can get back to what we usually talk about combat sports. Yeah. There was a lot of good stuff on Avenue this week. And I watched, um, you know, the paper, USC paper, USC 252 last week, the main event, I think. And I was surprised by how many people tuned in and had interest, which I still haven't seen the buy rate number from UFC yet on how many pay-per-views they sold. But just from the interest on social media, unless all these people were gathered up at bars, which is not a thing right now, watching for free. I think they did pretty well. I agree. I think that this was this particular was number one because it's a fight that people wanted to see. And I think that's what really led to the pay-per-view buys. Yeah, and now the actual fight itself, how did you feel about, do you think the eye poke really changed the outcome? Or do you think that was more, more was harped on that than, than necessary? No, 100%. I think the eye poke was absolutely a factor. Um, when you looked at DC's eye after that fight, um, you lost any ability whatsoever to see that hook coming in. And with that, you're going to get pieced up, and that's what he did. Um, I, don't, I think that really, if I were DC, it, it, it's a tough one because you want a tough guy. You don't want to be the one who bows out to an eye poke. Um, but I absolutely think that that had a tremendous factor. And if I was him, I would be asking to roll it back. And I think, and here's where, you know, it's about other worlds lining up, you know, my other world for people who do not know, I work with the blind and visually impaired, um, outside of this show. So whenever the, you know, this, they said it was a torn cor- uh, cornea. So of course, mm-hmm called eye doctor that I know and said, Hey, how bad would that affect your vision? How bad would that put you in? If you're in a fight, they're like, someone was fighting with the torn cornea. I said, yes. I said, uh, that would not be good. Cause you would only have one eye, um, to see out of which Cormier kept saying, I could only see out of one eye. So they backed up everything he said without me saying, without them knowing any fight content, um, of what happened at night. So, like you said, it's a, it's a complicated situation. DC seems like he's already walked away. You know, all his Twitter, social media stuff would imply that he's done. But you got to wonder, if he knows, you know, the extent of his eye injury, how does he not want to come back and kind of say, hey, I had, I was damaged during that. I want to run this back. Because the ref of the time, when he told him he had the eye poke, said, Oh, that was a punch. And then later on, he said the referee apologized and said, oh, no, sorry, I missed that. Well, that's because they showed it over and over and over. And it was like, no, that's a blatant flip and eye poke. Now, the thing that gets me, though, and here is why I I could say that maybe he doesn't want to run it back. And maybe it was because before the eye poke, he felt the power of Stipe and knew that it was going to go bad. Because I will tell you, as someone who has fought, whenever that first time that cracks you and you're like, oh, shit, 
<laughs> you don't know what quite to do. And oh. I'm being real honest with you. Oh, You're yeah. like, oh, this is way more than I thought it was. Let's change the game plan up. And, and, you know, people were, you know, the other thing, too, that people forget about in that fight, not taking away from it was a great fight. And I had it going 2-2 going into round five. But That's round so- two was a decisive round for Stipe because if the round lasts another 30 seconds, if he doesn't do that, get that blow in, uh, gets that blow in 30 seconds earlier, that fight doesn't go to the third round. Absolutely. And that's the whole thing. I mean, it, it's, was it enough in before the eye broke that DC was like, mm, you know, but I mean, yeah, like you said, I had it going into the fifth round the same way. Um, was he tired? Could be. Mm-hmm. Was he feeling beat down? Because we know that DC is a very cerebral fighter. You know, he, I think that DC wins and loses fights in his head. I think that's yeah. his problem with John Jones. And so is that what happened? But not to change and move on so quickly, but does what does this do now that John Jones, which is I'm sure is another thing we're going to talk about here, relinquishes the title at light heavyweight. Now John Jones doesn't have to cut weight. Where does this whole thing put in a mix of the, the, the return of D.C.? You know, is that it? Is it? Do we know now that? Yep, nope. DC's done. John Jones is coming up at weight class. What are you? What? What now? If you're Dana White and UFC matchmakers, what are you doing right now? Who's? What's the fight for John Jones debut at heavyweight? If you were the person with everything in the cards, business, potential matchups. What? What are you looking at doing? So if it were me, and I actually I sat down and I kind of thought about this. I would love to see him fight somebody like Curtis Blades first. Give him somebody who's high level. Um, give him somebody who can, it was a true heavyweight. Someone who isn't going to make 205. You know, mm-hmm. I think that Curtis Blades, somebody like that, is, is a good start for John Jones. Considerably bigger, decent in all areas, but not the you know, top 10. Yeah. Lower tier top ten. I think that that makes the fight for John Jones to come to the heavyweight division. But do you think I I still have, I have Blades in it because when I'm looking at these heavyweight fights coming up, you know, Stipe, I, I, the one thing I hope does not happen, and I'm thinking that Dana White has Dana White said during the press conference that there's no way to skip Francis and Ganu. I hope he holds true to that because Francis is our next title shot, our next fight against Stipe. It's been a few years since they had the fight. I think France has gotten better. I think that's the next fight to make for the heavyweight championship. So I'm hoping they oh, hold completely. true to that. I am hoping, like all get out, that they do not fast track John Jones to a title shot. I want to see what John Jones really does against somebody heavy. Let him fight his way up just like everybody else. I understand that John Jones has always Golden Boy, mm-hmm. but with all of the issues that the man has had with all of the personnel, all of the, the bad stuff, the guy needs to, to fight up the ranks. He is the single greatest heavyweight to ever exist. And arguably the best mixed martial artist who can fight on cocaine. (laughs) I'm sorry. It's true. Now, but that's the asterisk to him. He's that good. What would he could, what could have he been? Yeah, and I think that's what we're going to find out here if he can somehow uh, man it, make it to this level. 
But I kind of want to see him against high level competition right away because if you're delinquishing the, the light heavyweight title, usually when that happens, divisions when guys are go- they're usually holding on to their title and then going to fight for the next weight class. John Jones did the right thing, got rid of the light heavyweight title. It's going to be weird seeing someone besides him or Daniel Cormier wear that title though. That's going to be a different thing uh, for UFC. But I think Mikey Curtis Boyd is a good matchup. I think the 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 polarizing matchup for John Jones, which is kind of interesting, would be him against maybe like a Derek Lewis. Um, that would be interesting. So, so I think that Derek Lewis has a ton of size and a ton of punching power on his on his side, but I think the speed of John Jones and the talent negate. Derek Lewis. Now, I know that you are a giant Black Beast fan. I mean, let's face it, you two could be brothers. It's a, it's an amazing thing, but it is true. Well, and that I know that he is is a bit you're a big fan, but I think stylistically and the the ability that he has is not quite there yet to fight somebody as fast as John Jones. Whereas somebody like Curtis Blades, different story natural athlete a lot of speed at that division well and Derek has another fight I wouldn't mind anyways him and Biggie boy have to go at it because that's the battle for the Jason Frazier hunt double war because someone else put on you know put on Twitter this time and said I don't know uh you I know you said something about Derek Lewis but man like uh Biggie boy out here today too I don't know <laughs> so now they and they could potentially match up next too which is interesting um so I, I'm, I'm I'd be interested to see that fight as well but John Jones has options I think he said uh the one guy who probably has ticked off that John Jones is now heavyweight is Alexander Gustafson he's like I can't get away from this dude for the save my life um <laughs> it, you know he just keeps coming back every division i'm in he's into so uh that's another interesting thing. but i am in to see what john jones is going to do um for the heavyweight division as he put on twitter and he made a very good point this is probably as exciting and as stacked as the heavyweight division in ufc has been in quite some time complete and total i am excited again for the heavyweight division uh um, you know, DC has always been a great competitor, but he's always been a guy who seemed to fight not to lose and a guy who didn't fight to win. Stipe fights to win. That was fun. Um, you know, he is probably right now arguably the greatest heavyweight to have ever strapped on the gloves. But now the whole dynamic has changed because the greatest MMA fighter who has ever fought on game has now jumped into the heavyweight division. Definitely excited to see what that leads us next to in the UFC ranks. But I know something you're excited about, and that is SummerSlam this weekend. And <laughs> we have no better guest to talk to us about that than Nick Hausman. going to join us here next on Down Goes Frazier. Let's keep it going here on Down Goes Frazier as I tease before we took a little break there. We're going to talk some SummerSlam and one of Jeremy's favorites, Raw Underground. We're going to talk all that with our next guest on today's show from Wrestling Inc. That is one Nick Hausman. Nick, how's it going? Oh, I'm great. Everything's wonderful here in Chicago. Thanks for having me back, guys. We always like having you back. Now, I do. I don't know about Jeremy because I mean, oh, about no. pro wrestling, but I do. Right. I love having Nick on. You know, he has got some mad skills. 
great communicator, knows his stuff, even if it is about pro wrestling and all of that other thing. But you know what? I mean, how are you handling up, Nick, with all of the, the coronavirus stuff going on? I mean, are you still hanging out at bars, doing anything fun, you know? Uh, we can't go to bars unless they serve food. Uh, and even still, it's a sketch. No, I, I, I drink outside. I go to parks. go sit by the pond. That's where I go to <laughs> drinking. Yeah. You so you watch the ducks. See, I watch the ducks. We start off talking about hunting on this show, ironically. So you're watching. So you're not you're not hunting animals. You're sitting there feeding the ducks and drinking beer at no, the same time. No, I, I am not feeding them. Friend will not let me do that because it is bad. You do not want to train the animals to be reliant on humans. I have to just sit and observe the oh. the animals. Oh man, no breadcrumbs, dog. Nothing. <laughs> no, no, doesn't fly, doesn't fly. And you know what? It's fine. My pond, uh, it really is awesome. I live near North Pond here in Chicago, and we got turtles the size of Volkswagens in that thing. Some really dinosaur-esque <laughs> turtles in the pond. It's, a, it's an easy watch. It's a good look, I promise. <laughs> so, Nick, I mean, you're out there, you're, you're at the pond, you know. Sure. Like I, I do another show. Um, talking about MMA and whiskey and all the good, cool combat sports that actually fight. Um, what is your drink of choice whilst watching the Ducks? Well, I always drink beer. I'm a craft beer guy. I, me and my girlfriend do uh, make a batch or two of beer a couple times a year. Um, and so I drink, I drink craft beer down by down by the pond. That's my preferred drink. Always an IPA. I'm not really. I, I've kind of honed in on specific kinds of beers that I like. So. Well, you- Usually, Jeremy, you can give Nick some a hard time about the pro wrestling stick, but I'm gonna give him a hard time about something else that he what? mentioned. Us. Oh. What? Every time I go to Chicago, okay. I send this guy invite to go drink. You know how many times we actually got to go have some drinks? Okay, listen, Jason, very few times. But here's the thing: <laughs> I'm also on the north side, and you'll send me messages like, "I'm in Chicago. Chicago's huge. You have traditionally not been near anywhere near <laughs> where I'm at in order to make it accessible. You want to come to the north side here?" I'll take you down to the pond. You can go look at these dinosaur turtles we got. I'll crack you a beer, pour you a drink, whatever you want. The cops in Chicago are not trying to bust people drinking by the pond anymore. They have other things to do, for better or worse. So that's the Chicago way right now. I'm going to remember this because I may be down there in a couple weeks for the Cardinals Cubs covering that game. So I'm going to take well, you I, that off. But Nick, here, here's the problem with Jason. Jason is the most generic drinker ever. I mean, he is a vodka drinker. And to all of our fans out there, I'm sorry if you're a vodka drinker, but it's time to step up your game. Jason, you need to move into the bourbon or the craft beer. Mar- I give you all kinds of props on that, Nick, for being a craft beer guy. Thank but Jason, you. vodka, really? You just, you, Jeremy, all I heard was you compared me to a creative drinker. So basically, I'm like the creative player version of a basic drinker, which you just compared me to. <laughs> Let's talk about Raw Underground. Okay. Because what the hell? Nick, okay. tell me about it. Um, well, Raw Underground, uh, yeah, this new concept that they're, they've been trotting out here the last three, four weeks or so. Um, I, you know, I did the vibe. Right. It's very much like, you know, uh, Def Jam Vendetta. Was that the game oh, where yes. they were? Fat Joe yeah. was rough on there. That's a tough out. You were fighting yeah. Fat Joe. Yeah. So it gives me a good, it gives me that vibe. It gives me like a Foot Clan vibe from like Ninja Turtles. Like I like the vibe of Raw Underground, 
What I don't like is the kind of fast paced, a lot of, a lot of why, like you ask yourself a lot of questions. Why, why is this happening? Why am I watching this? Why, why am I supposed to be pulled into this right now? Like, I, like again, the vibe, I think there's something to this new kind of style of, of fighting that they're trying to roll out, but I just haven't been gripped by it yet. And unless they find something to hook me and like make me look forward to it and not just be something that's kind of filling my TV space. I don't see this thing as something that's here in three months. I think it'd be one of those things that, you know, will be like a, on a trivia card, you know, at some bar years from now when somebody hosts a, their WWE night. I don't see this as something long term, at least not the way they're presenting at the moment. So I'm going to have to start remembering names is what you're telling me. Like, I know most of the guys. The guy I always forget is the big guy they've had out there each week who opens the door. I can't. Hoda Copy? Huh? Hoda Copy? Yeah. Hoda Copy? Hoda yeah. Copy. That's okay. it. I was like, I don't remember what his name is, but I'm like, so I'm about to remember it. that for trivia nights that's, coming up in about three years. So. Hoda Copy is a completely different person. She hosts uh, the Today Show. So. Oh, man. Now, what, what's the guy's name that <laughs> holds the door? Know. You didn't even know. I don't know. It's something similar. So. Oh, see, you got me. Maybe that is it. So, <laughs> I was like, you Mm-mm. got me on that one. But, nope. uh, you know, kind of yep. with Raw Underground, it's actually, I don't want to say this. It doesn't annoy me as it did when I when they first started. Because, um, one, I knew that once Jeremy saw Raw Underground, he was going to give me a ton of crap about it. I knew that was going to be the first thing. Well, two. <laughs> continue, Jason, please. I'm, I'm raising my hand for a bottle here. Just a moment. So continue. Oh, I would, and then, you know, two. Um, it's really hard to make MMA fight. That's not an actual MMA fighting look good. Blood sport. You know, I know you've probably been there during WrestleMania weekend. Isn't I, I, I don't mind it. It's one of the things I can watch and get behind because I know what I'm getting myself into. But it is hard for me to kind of lose their reality considering I also do cover UFC events and Bellator events as well. So that was going to be the hard thing for me at first with Raw Under, but I'm starting to accept it for what it is. Yeah, Yeah. and you know, that's the thing though, is I just don't know that they've pushed it far enough, right? Like, um, you know, I had this conversation with somebody today where, and I've had this conversation a few times, but you know, if they're going to do it, you know, the first two hours of Raw should be Raw, Third hour, raw underground. Separate entities. It's a little weird for me bouncing back and forth between the style of WWE wrestling we know now and then jumping over and saying, but now here's the real stuff, right? That thought of me in of itself is a little odd for me. Also, like, you, you know that you cover tons of combat sports. Not every match is going to go 45 seconds, right? Mm-hmm. There are compli- you, There's drama to real fights. There's real drama there. You know, you watch a good fight that goes... And they can tell those stories, right? They can put on these longer grappling exhibitions, but they're just choosing not to, you know? And it's just boom, 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 boom. It all happens so fast. It's in your face. It's like crack. It's like what the kid load on their apps these days. It's too fast, and you don't have time to, to take in what you're watching. And again, you're left asking yourself why. Because like even the way you described it, uh, Jason, where you were like, I don't mind it as much now, that's not really like... Get, that doesn't sound to me like you're like you know. No, I'm not. <laughs> I just if I don't turn my TV or go find something to eat or go find a snack or something now, I'm I'll stick around and see what's going on for a couple minutes now. Versus yeah. like other time, I just got annoyed, walked away from the TV. 
Yeah, you want to watch two big dudes go out there, do some strong style, slap each other hard in the chest, take somebody down, really work a hold, watch them methodically undo that move and transition into other moves and don't call it like Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio from Django Unchained, which is all I could think about whenever I hear uh, Shane McMahon on the microphone anymore. Um, <laughs> I, uh, you know, I just, it, there's, there's just holes in it. I, again, I like the aesthetic. I like the look. I like how diff feels. It just, to me, um, there's a lot of missing pieces there. It's like a, it's like a car without an air conditioner and, uh, you know, uh, the, the windows don't work. There's an engine there. It'll get you down the road, but there's just a lot of stuff there that doesn't make it right. Yeah. And like I said, some guys are getting more TV time. So you, um, you appreciate there that, that aspect of it, that you're seeing some guys getting some, some opportunities to shine, but yeah. it all feels kind of weird coming up when we're looking at SummerSlam, should the building focus be on all things SummerSlam, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, but again, like anything to get people talking right now, they got to do something different. There was like a three month period there where I feel like I had a coma. Like mm-hmm. I'm just kind of waking up right now. We're going to Thunderdome all of a sudden, you know, and then hopefully we're going to get this 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 mojo movement again here. Right. Um, you know, the, the build to SummerSlam was already kind of whatever it was going to be. And even moment they know they're going to get maybe somebody's going to get pulled out, get sick, whatever it may be. At least the theme of around us is like it's a consistent thing, kind of like Retribution, which I'm not a huge fan of either, or the 24-7 Championship, which also doesn't really check all the boxes for me at the moment. But these are things that are like concepts that you can spread across shows and not worry about little details about who's going to be available when and things like that. Yeah, no, I, I think that is always... I guess I get it gives a little distraction, gives you some other things to think about. What do you think make of this whole retribution storyline? Like, how do you, how are you feeling about that? What are your, your uh, theories of who's possibly behind this? Just on not anything maybe you've heard, but just kind of who do you think this could possibly be? Okay. Well, as far as retribution goes, like, uh, I'll, I'll preface this by saying, um, as I've alluded to several times in this interview already, I do live in Chicago and there's, there's a great deal of unrest in the city of Chicago right now between the police, between the citizens of Chicago. Um, and a lot of it revolves around Black Lives Matters and the use of excessive force by the police. And even just this weekend, I'm watching the police hit people with bicycles and kettle people. And it's terrible. Right. And then, you know, there was a shooting on the south side. And then the people of the south side decided to go downtown and show that they were very displeased at shooting. And so this is like it's all very real to me jason right this is my backyard the 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 liquor store one of the most uh, it's like a hundred year old liquor store here in chicago down the street from me burned right oh, wow. and like and like Damn. looted actually i don't know if it burned but it was looted like they they took everything out and they threw it into the into the parking lot and all this and this is like a couple blocks from me okay so like the, the whole thing i've been told by wwe during this period is we want to keep this show going so people can tune in they can escape the reality of what's going on right now uh i don't know i don't tune in see this and think um, I'm escaping my reality. I almost feel like my reality is being exploited and um, radicalized in a way where the message is distorted, and I really don't appreciate that. Like, mm-hmm. I just personally do not appreciate what they've done with Retribution to this point. I'm so gonna start you, with that. I was yeah. going to say, so do you think that there'll be a kick, uh, a backlash from the fans? 
I don't know. I mean, I think there already is, dude. The ratings are down. Viewership are down again. They did the second lowest third hour they've ever done on Monday night. <laughs> you know, like, the backlash, you just don't watch this anymore, you know? Um, this seemed out of touch to me. And, uh, and, and, yeah. And do you, I'm sorry. do you think also those ratings, because I said this, you know, I, I felt like in some instances a couple weeks ago, I think I was Alfred Kanawa, and we were talking about this, and I said, you know, I'm kind of down because there's not a lot of things that sink your teeth into the product, but I said the, also the thing that's going to be a problem. And this was very real for, this is kind of what I looked at this week besides retribution, kind of having a bad taste in my mouth. I'm a St. Louis Blues hockey fan. St. Louis Blues hockey game came on at nine, nine 30 Monday oh night playoff yeah. game. Yeah. What do you think I'm watching? Retribution. <laughs> so with sports sure. being in the playoff mode, which it typically isn't, Baseball's back. People are more invested in a lot of other things right now. I think it's another reason their ratings are taking a big hit. Well, you know, they're down 35% from last year. One in three people who were watching Raw last year no longer watch Raw. That's just a wow. fact. Okay. Um, so I think that, you know, whether or not this create, I mean, look, it's one John Oliver segment away from being a nightmare for them, in my opinion. But anyway, um, another Muhammad Hassan situation, if, yeah. as you will. Um, but casting that aside, if we can get through, they can politically get through the next week or so and pivot this thing into something that is not so blatantly drawn from the headlines, Antifa, uh, far right, wet dream kind of stuff. Um, then I think that you gotta, the payoff's gotta be big, right? It's gotta be the right leader. It's gotta make sense. Um, for me, as I've looked at everything and thought to myself, like punk really doesn't feel realistic, although of course he would make sense. You know, we saw Drew McIntyre on Monday night be the first guy to really rally the troops and say, we got to deal with these guys, right? Uh, you saw the lights go out when Randy Orton kicked Ric Flair in the head, kind of giving Randy some cover because you didn't see the hit necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that the, I, I, in my head, I kind of feel like it might be at Randy Orton who's behind all this. I don't know if it's him getting a bunch of NXT guys and time for us to overthrow the old man and everything going on here. I'm a psychopath. He already has a penchant for fire. Lit the the White House on fire. If I don't, if I recall correctly. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I, I, I remember that you said, yeah, you know, um, you know, Randy Orton would be, and you know, because then you can, you know, do the schmoz finish at the end of SummerSlam where Retribution comes out, attacks Drew, take the belt, beat him up throw him off a cliff, whatever, right? And then you got you got back the next Sunday, a week later, and you can revisit this whole thing in a very different way. Like, how do you pivot out of McIntyre-Orton in a way that keeps these two fresh and compelling? Well, if Orton's got his band of radicals that he's using to take down the company, and now Drew McIntyre is going to step up as new Roman Reigns or John Cena and, and get the crew together to battle these guys off, I see the legs for this heading into a Survivor Series and maybe even a little bit further, you know? That would be interesting. I wouldn't mind seeing seeing that or making sure. You said it has to make sense. Now the whole tagline of SummerSlam is you'll never see it coming. So you got to have something special there. And I know they already have the Thunderdome. Have you seen any previews or anything of what the Thunderdome may look like? I saw some construction photos of it. It looked very cool and epic. I will say that we got an email like literally like 20 minutes ago before we started recording. Uh, I got a news tip where one of our readers got a um, invite from WWE's fan council to participate in a sneak preview of Thunderdome tomorrow. 
I would guess this is going to be kind of a dry run for them to prep for Friday. So tomorrow, I, and I guess they're going to maybe do like a match for all these people to watch. I don't know what that'll look. So tomorrow, I would just say stay tuned. I think you're going to hear a lot more about what that experience is going to be like. Hmm. Very, very interesting. Jeremy, if you haven't seen, I, I got to, we always got to forget, I got to fill him in on some of these pro wrestling stuff. Thunderdome is going to be, I don't think it's Mad Max-esque, Mad Max-esque, but I feel like it's going to be a way for fans to be interactive but have some kind of part where they can watch matches and cheer and boo but be virtual. Uh, interesting. Interesting thought. I'm not real sure that that – I mean, it's, to me, that kind of sounds like putting, you know, pictures of baseball fans in the seats, but hey, whatever, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm so far lost on – the appeal of some of the stuff that pro wrestling has went to from an outsider that just watching them play to the crowd that isn't there. It's so disingenuous to me that like whenever I have to sit down and watch my son, I'm even more just lost than I was whenever there were, there were crowds of people. Yeah. And I worry cause wrestling fans, cause I, you know, baseball fans seem uh, largely respectful, I guess, you know, Wrigley, is a, is a mess after the games, but uh, I just worry with wrestling fans, you're going to get a lot of uh, inappropriate behavior that's going to get bleeped, and I don't know what happens then. Do they just disappear from the screen? Or they're just like black holes where these fans who became disrespectful were, and you only see the fans who are left that were, were respectful? I don't know. I just imagine they had this in the, the air of like John Cena, you know, the, the polarizing crowd there, and you put on the guy who's Cena sucks the whole time during a match, or, you know, Roman Reigns. Oh, my goodness, this would be it. I think Drew McIntyre carries a little bit more of, but we don't really know. That's the thing. Like, last year when Seth Rollins, people had got tired of Seth Rollins and were kind of like, okay, we're over this, um, you knew because you could tell by the crowd. Really, we don't know. I'm just basing on some yeah, people seem like they're still behind Drew McIntyre. I don't think they completely have gotten tired of growing on to the next thing for Drew McIntyre yet. Yeah, but it's like Drew McIntyre's like like the nice guy that you're dating, right? Like you could do better. I mean, you could do worse, but if you lose this guy, you're taking that chance, you know? Yeah. And I think I think there's a bit of that with Drew McIntyre where they're like, Well, at least we respect him. You know, I don't know that there's people that are like, I don't, I doubt that he's moving the merch that Cena and Reigns. That would be wrong, you know. But I think it's just kind of like a, ugh, I don't want the what what could be. I can't break. I do not want Goldberg back. I don't know. You know, like, I mean, but I'm gonna say this. It's gonna piss off a lot of people. So I gotta this is my comments before I say this. Um. um now, as I've gotten older, and at the time as a kid. I didn't really value Bret Hart like that. But if you think about kind of the Bret and Drew comparison, it's kind of the same of what the perspective, like that role. Of, I don't know. You, you could, I, I think it's different. Bret was a hero, man. He had like a whole, he had legions of, I, I don't see Drew McIntyre getting chased through the streets of India like Bret Hart. And maybe that's just me. I don't know. But you could have went Razor. That's what I think. I was a Razor guy. So like, I'm like, I get the pill to Bret, but I thought Razor was more interesting to me. But that's my thing. So I don't know. <laughs> see, I don't know. But see, like Razor, like he did. He there's the thing is like Razor Ramon with the size like that and a look and the charisma like guys like that, like Goldust, they don't need belts. You know, they don't need titles. 
And that's the mark of a great, like Jake the Snake Roberts, same kind of deal. It's like, okay. But a guy who needs a belt to, to be impressive, like, just like it, Hulk Hogan, I guess Hulk Hogan without the belt would have worked. I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's a very long debate you can have, but. We don't, we don't uh, discuss Hulk Hogan on the show, Nick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was messing with you. No, uh, no. I, and, uh, but other than kind of all the stuff with Retribution and McIntyre, what are the things you're looking forward to on SummerSlam this weekend? And Sonya Deville, Mandy Rose, hair versus hair, especially after, you know, the 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 horrible story uh, coming out about them from this past weekend. Um, you know, certainly I feel for both those women so much and I want them to see I want that match to be awesome. And I think Sonya uh, will look awesome with no hair. That's I, I just don't see them shaving Mandy Rose's head. Um, I don't see that one either. If my wife was asking me this question last week. I said Sonya's going to be bald next week. She said, for real? I said, yeah, yeah. She'll have a buzz cut. I don't know that it'll be straight bald. I bet there's like a little little fuzz would be my guess. Kind of like Mel from AEW would be my guess. Oh, I just got an idea. This gave sure. me a great Now, Nick, let me run this past you. Um, we, We're trying to get Jeremy Johnson to wrestling ring, right, and find a proper opponent for him. Here, here locally in St. Louis, we're kind of testing the waters. Wouldn't it be great if we had him in a hair versus hair match concerning how much he loves his hair? That's a fantastic <laughs> And you know what? I think that you should book Brutus the Barber Beefcake to do the honors at the end of the bout. I think this is. I like where we're going here. I like this. Oh, idea. I don't know about this. I mean, <laughs> you know, I've, I've said that I'll get in and I'll take a bump for you know the fans, but I don't know about we're messing with my hair. Mm. I, I mean, I think it's something we should try out. I think it's something we should do. Now, in I sort it. I sort. <laughs> I, 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 who, I, I'm always trying to find a proper opponent for him too. Uh, RJ City will do anything. Call RJ City. Tell him that there will be publicity in it. He'll be there. <laughs> RJ City, it is. Oh, oh man, this will be great. I, oh boy, I, I'm so glad you helped me. You who spawned this idea into my head of this hair what versus about- hair match for Jeremy Johnson as a remnant somewhere near. And you should call the action too. We should have you there to call the action. So when he does get his to. head shaved, this will be a memory we can both have. Isn't Marco so, from the St. Louis area? I no, think you could probably get no. He's Mississippi. My wife's from Mississippi. Uh-huh. We, we, I tell her every time there's a wrestler from Mississippi, and I always you like that. That's your people. So Marco's one of her people. So oh. okay, but Nick, right. do you know the whole thing behind my hair that Jason keeps talking about? My hair has its own fan page on Facebook that I didn't create. I mean, like, it was a bunch of crazy people who decided that it would be a great idea. And literally, there are just pictures of my hair now throughout the Internet. You should sell it. You should. Oh, cool. You should. Hair sponsor, brother. I'm all about it. <laughs> Do this hair versus hair match. You put little bits of hair in tiny bags. You, you sign up. <laughs> 50 bucks a bag. Oh man, this is this is getting better and better. Think about the heat oh, or the rub that you get from cutting your hair. Like this, yeah. like man, uh, th- yeah. You got to help mm-hmm. me. We, you got to work with me on this, Nick, to make sure we find a proper person for this. We have whatever to, you need. We have My stuff. resources are at your disposal, Jason. Whatever you need, <laughs> whatever you need. Got to we got to make this happen. But just, you know, we talk about that'll be one of our favorite moments in closing. What's your favorite SummerSlam? What's the moment when you think of SummerSlam that just that's the thing you think about when you hear the name, hear the hear the pay-per-view title SummerSlam? Brett versus Bulldog. You know, I when I was in, 
we had to take one video, which was like the local video store. We didn't even have a blockbuster or anything. We were a small town. And uh, the take one video had like 12 wrestling VHSs. And one of them was SummerSlam 92. And I watched that thing a million times. Uh, when I think of SummerSlam, I absolutely think Brett versus Bulldog. Great moment. Yeah, well, and, and ironically, my my SummerSlam moment is is Brett Taker because '97 is my favorite year in pro wrestling, and that said okay. much. Um, remember, from that, remember when Brock Lesnar almost killed Randy Orton at SummerSlam? That came to my mind too. Remember that when he almost oh, murdered? Yeah. Now that probably no. Jeremy, what's your favorite SummerSlam moment? He, I'm not even in. Now that would probably be his. I'll have to show him that one, the Brock and and Randy Orton match where it looked like legit. Uh, Randy was bleeding like from. Dude, from he bled like head. a stuck pig, man. That was disgusting. What happened to that man? See, that'd be that'd be up his speed. I think that'd be good for him. So we got to make sure he what? What SummerSlam year is it? 2016. It wasn't long. I don't think it was even that long ago. I think it was like 2017. Yeah, I was like, I know it's recent, so. We have to dig up yeah. in the archives for him. Yeah. All right. Well, it's gross. But, Nick, it's always great talking to you. When I do get to Chicago, I'm going to get this beer by the pond with the turtles, oh. and we're going to do this a fish finally catch a drink together. I'm so 100% down. I will, I love welcoming people to my pond, my happy place. <laughs> well, definitely to check that out. Maybe Jeremy will come along with some bourbon. Cool. Awesome. Bring All it. Right. I always appreciate it, man. And you take care. And what what do you got going on at Wrestle, Wrestling Inc. this week? Uh, well, uh, today was a busy day. Um, we I was on the Triple H media call. So you can find the full audio from uh, the Triple H NXT TakeOver media call over on the Wrestling Inc. Daily, which is my daily podcast. Um, I chatted with uh, Hunter about, what did I ask him about? I asked him about Randy Orton possibly going to uh, NXT because he said he wants to work with NXT guys. Oh, and I asked him about Lars Sullivan. I was like, Lars is working out again online. He's got these videos out. People think he's coming back. You got any updates? And he's like, I didn't even know those videos were out there. I have no idea. I have no update on Lars Sullivan. Great <laughs> bit of journal- fantastic journalism if you want to check that out. <laughs> um, but uh, no, we did that. And then tomorrow. So tomorrow on the show. What is tomorrow? Thursday? Friday? Yep, okay, yep. tomorrow. Tomorrow's Thursday. And uh, Jimmy Corderas on. Of course, Jimmy um, worked with Renee Young on Aftermath up in Canada. And, um, so as soon as I got the news about Renee, I called up Jimmy, we chatted, we're going to turn that one around and that's going to go out tomorrow, Friday, Alex Zane talking new Japan strong. And then next week is going to be a slam banger coming out of SummerSlam. We have Aiden English, Matt Cardona, um, Vampiro, David Arquette. I mean, it's just a murderer's row next week. It's it's busy, busy. Yeah. Always, you always have good stuff. So make sure you check in there and we always enjoy having you on the show. Like I said, definitely have to catch up in person sometime soon. Yeah, absolutely, man. Everybody follow me out there. I'm at House Rebel on Twitter, H-A-U-S Rebel. That was Nick Hausman from Wrestling Inc. Always, almost, it's like one of those things you have to catch yourself. He was with WrestleZone for so long. He did a lot of great work there, but now with Wrestling Inc. I always have to catch myself from not saying his former where he used to be at. But make sure you check him out on Twitter, as he mentioned. Check him out. Um, always has some great content, great interviews over there. Interviews. He got to interview Ric Flair a couple weeks ago, and I was jealous of that because that's you know that's my bucket list interview. Well, yeah, I know that, but yeah, he is always a lot of fun, and even non wrestling person, he's got a lot of good information that he comes in with, and you know talked a lot about what's going on in the WWE. But 
I got one for you as we as we get ready to wrap up the show. And I got to ask, because this has been all pro wrestling day. And I can't believe that I'm even going to ask you this because it's a another sport related. What do you think of The Rock buying the XFL? I think it's great news, especially for our home market of St. Louis, because the ballots took took the city by storm and they were doing great numbers from a business standpoint for XFL. I think, too, what The Rock does with him and Danny Garcia, his ex-wife and his businessman, which I don't know how many couples that could work for. Yeah, I don't know how that would work myself um, <laughs> at, at all. So, but they've made it work. They've been very successful. And I think the other thing that people that's going to help out the XFL profile is the run involved coming. You know, people always say coming from the pro wrestling world, but people forget that some people forget that the rock was part of the Miami Hurricanes dynasty down there. He, you know, his career got cut short where he tried for the CFL before he turned to pro wrestling, before he turned to the family business. So his dream was football. Um, having that background, you know, having successful series with ballers on HBO. So football's in his bloodline. It doesn't come across as here's the WWE who, you know, talk about it, scripted, whatever. How much of those elements kind of kind of dilutes what you're talking about when you're talking about football of the product. I think The Rock doesn't do that. He adds credibility to it, and I think that's going to help out quite a bit with this league. Um, and when it resurfaces, I think they'll probably keep some of the teams, like St. Louis. I would imagine they keep Houston, but I think like some of the markets, the New York, the Los Angeles markets, I think you got to pivot from those and go to some of your smaller NFL-less markets that, that were kind of left out from the XFL. Well, yeah, because I, I believe St. Louis was the biggest market that they had, right? I mean, like, we sold out games quick. Oh, yeah, St. Louis, and I think it was followed by Houston and then Dallas. Um, you know, Texas is a football state anyway, so it's going to work there. But whenever you get to New York, who has a ton of things, they have two NFL teams already. L.A. has two NFL teams that are not even reporting, and don't tell Rams fans from St. Louis about that because that's a sore subject. And I think the last time, too, what kind of affected him, the AAFL or AFF, AFA, the American Football Association. And they took a lot of the markets the XFL probably would have picked, but the AFA launched earlier. So there's like Birmingham, there's San Diego, there's Memphis. I think some of those markets will get XFL teams just go around uh, when they do relaunch. Well, I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of intrigued. Just the idea of it and the the sheer price that they bought it for. I mean, I think it was what fifteen million dollars. Yeah, and that's nothing in the in the world of buying businesses. I think that's kind of crazy. And so, does that give The Rock something to grow upon because so inexpensive? Does he bring something else to the table? I know that he's got a bigger group of investors with him, also. So, what do you think? the rocks XFL will do other than moving teams. That's different than what Vince McMahon did. I don't think you have to do much. I think they were said about the XFL. The first go around was, you know, a lot of NFL took a lot of the camera angle stuff from the XFL, the original one. Um, I can see where the NFL may take some of the things the XFL did in this, re in this too. But I think the XFL was onto a lot of good things before they, you know, before COVID hit. Um, I think you just had teams and some of the teams in the wrong markets. 
I think the one thing The Rock will do that, you know, we talked about, he's going to bring credibility from his name alone, his background, um, and, you know, making, it's just the marketing aspects of the XFL needs to change. But the gameplay was fine. I had no issues with the gameplay this time in the field. Um, the new rules they had cooked up, I had no problem with those things. They made sense. Um, I think that he doesn't have a lot of tweaking to do. It's just going to be finding the right marketing, getting the networks comfortable with the TV deals to make sure you have the proper time your game's on. The XFL's ratings were equal to what Monday WWE's ratings are for their programs right now. So Netflix felt like they were getting a better deal with the XFL in some cases. Um, yeah, I think he, I think that The Rock will do a good job, and I think this will be a pretty easy project for him to relaunch and turn around. Well, I'm looking forward to it, and I think that maybe we should uh, look to try to get some, some maybe some Battle Hawks guests on at some point in time. Call, call. <laughs> and with that we bid you adieu <laughs> yeah no 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 so no i definitely look forward to that but um summer slam party this weekend i if you want to come over there's a seat for you um i'll wait for your wife to put it on tiktok it'll be fine thank you yeah though. yeah wait for that which we'll try to avoid that everybody that's coming to my house is, is paranoid about being on tiktok am i going to be on tiktok it's not a large group but they're like TikTok and everybody in the Frazier household is hurt. Am I going to get injured somehow going to the house? <laughs> so, yeah, it's all the things going on right now, but I'll be watching SummerSlam. Also, I know we got to talk about this in the future too here on the show is it hasn't been official official yet. Dana White hinted at it. Kobe and Tyron have been talking about it. September 19th, Woodley Covington. So we maybe we need Tyron on here to talk about that as I think we do, and maybe we should see how uh, Tyrant's TikTok's going, too. But remember, guys, you can follow us, Down Goes Frazier, on TikTok, at DGF Combat Sports. Also, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all of those, DGF Combat Sports, because we put out a ton of content, not just Jason in his chair getting dirty text messages from his wife. (laughs) Not just that. I'm sure there's other stuff we'll add to that, but... Yeah, check out the TikTok and Instagram and Facebook. Also, you can listen to the show on various platforms. So if you want to go back and listen to the archives and hear that discussion about me getting uh, dirty messages while sitting on the couch trying to uh, eat dinner, um, you can listen to that. Go to iTunes, go to TuneIn, go to Stitcher, go to Spotify, and also iHeartRadio and look up Down Goes Frazier. You'll find all the episodes there.